0: Hello, Amanda Smith here with another edition of How She Did It. I'm so happy you've decided to join me today. If you're returning, thank you for coming back. And if you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. So today's guest is a host and reporter for NBA TV and NBA on TNT. She's a former athlete herself and someone I am very lucky to call a mentor and friend. Here is Kristen Ledlow. Amanda Smith here with one of the coolest people to watch. planet Earth, Kristen Ledlow. We've got magic in the background. Are you kidding? I know. The
1: special guest. <laughs> I didn't even know he was going to be here. <laughs> I, d- I didn't either. Like his plans change so regularly. It's tough to pencil that. him in, but we'll see how long he stays. I get that.
0: Magic inspired <laughs> trick <shirt> today. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> Thank you for being on my show. Thank you for having me. I, I honestly cannot believe what you have turned this show into. I really can't. And, but for you to have, I mean, was it a, a little bit more than a year ago you reached out to me feeling like, okay, what do I do now? This is my dream, but I have no idea what the path to get there is going to look like. And to see what you've done with it is, it's, I mean, it, I think we use the word inspiring far too often, but it really is. It really, really is.
0: I told you that you could make me cry in the final, like, minute to 30 seconds. I thought that that was the deal we (laughs) had. Not, like, from the beginning, from the open, yeah. (laughs) I have to go now. No, I'm kidding. You know what's crazy? Here's the spark notes for maybe people that don't know is this whole concept and show started on YouTube, and Kristen actually helped and really encouraged me to, like, take the idea and do it. And I didn't even plan this, but this week, exactly one year ago, you were a guest on the Amanda Smith show.
1: Wow. I didn't plan it. It's like our anniversary. Oh my God. We're so cute. We I'm... are. Should I get champagne? I have yeah. some. I'm at home. Yeah. i Mom's on goals. <laughs> You've clearly
0: helped me. And I know that there are a handful, probably more like 10 handfuls of women that would say the same. And the last time we did this, you had said that to work for NBA TV and NBA on TNT is a dream in itself. But to be able to invest in the dreams of the women behind you is far more significant. Why do you feel that way?
1: Goodness, I think that First and foremost, I, I I was struck really early in my career by the women who chose to invest in me. There were women who, for no good reason, decided to very regularly encourage me and to believe me forward. Women like Michelle Beadle, women like Doris Burke, who from the very beginning, from the very first day that we met, they decided that they were going to continue to, to push me forward. Rachel Nichols did that for me. Sage Steele did that for me as well. And... I remembered not only the women who did do that for me, but I also very specifically remembered the ones who didn't and thought if one day, for some reason, I'm in a position that young women are watching, I want to be one of the women who did. I don't want to be the one who tries to bust down doors and make sure it shuts behind her. I want to be the one who, if there is a door that's open, takes the time to turn around and make sure those behind me have maybe a little easier way getting through it. And so I was, again, using the word far too often, but inspired early on in my career by the women who chose to do it for me. But as I've gotten older and as... Seasons of my life have changed while seasons of basketball have as well. I've been convicted time and time again that this platform has to be used for more than just the position itself, that people have to be more significant than the position. And so if that is my one small way of investing in people rather than boasting in this position, then I want to make the time for it over and over again.
0: Before you were where you are now, when you look at maybe the moments that you've talked about where you were being paid in Applebee's gift cards, (laughs) (laughs) that you took out credit cards with the hope that one day you'd be able to pay them off, what kept you motivated in those moments?
1: This unwavering belief that I was eventually going to be where I wanted to be you know what? Unwavering isn't even the right word because it wavered often. Like I I had this dream of what I wanted my career to look like. I had no idea what that would mean as far as what life would look like. But I also didn't have a backup plan. So it wasn't that this belief in myself never wavered. I lost confidence regularly. I still do. But it was that I had a dream without having a backup plan. And as I talked through it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's not a good, maybe that's not the advice I would give to anyone else. But I think during those moments, even when I would get discouraged, even when I would be plagued with insecurity, it was that I don't actually have any other idea as to what I can do for a living So I should probably just continue pressing on.
0: When you lost confidence in those moments,
1: how did you gain it back? One of the most important things that I've discovered, not just throughout the entirety of my career thus far, but throughout my adult life, is to continue coming back to a community that, not only believes for the best, but believes for what's next for me. And a lot of my adult life has been about sifting through what's shallow and what doesn't need, what I don't need to be surrounded by, who I don't need to be surrounded by, and instead investing all of my time and, relational energy into those who are doing the same for me, who continue to believe that there is more. Um, because I do not have myself whatsoever to talk myself out of my own insecurities or my own lack of confidence, but because I've surrounded myself by women and and men as well, who do it for me. um, I keep waking up and kind of doing the same things just because it's like, well, they're believing something that maybe today I'm not, you know, and and, and so that's that's one of the most important aspects of it is, is finding your team, finding your people, finding your community that is going to believe in the dream that you stop believing in from time to time. Um, and the other is just this unwavering faith that this is a God birthed dream and thus he's going to take care of the details and that it would be. Irresponsible, if not a blatant lack of faith to stop moving forward in something I believe he's called me to do. Kristen. What did we talk about? What did we talk about? I said a minute to 30 seconds left. That way I could just wipe the tears and move on. And yet here we are again. There's something about you that brings it out of me. Why, Why does everyone cry when they talk to me? Yeah. What a compliment. There's something about you that just makes me cry. I don't, it's, I'm going to reflect on that,
0: (laughs) but you have said that when you were younger, you felt most confident when you were playing sports. Yeah. In what ways do you think that being involved in and around the game can encourage young girls?
1: That's a great question because I know we've all seen really regularly that commercial that's running on sports networks right now that talk about young women dropping out of youth sports at twice the rate that young men are. and. There's something to that because there is a confidence that is gained that I believe can be gained on a team and and surrounded by teammates that cannot be gained elsewhere. There is a a sense of self that's solidified in, in surrounding yourself with other young women who are working towards a common goal, and, and I think that it starts when you're really young. I think that, that it starts there in youth sports, in the youth sports movement, um, but it doesn't stop there because to say that there's a confidence gained in sports alone that can't be gained elsewhere means that those who aren't athletically gifted can't potentially you know, find that confidence. I think it's more so about what sport teaches us rather than the sport itself. It's about working together towards a common goal it's about not only following a leader but becoming a leader yourself um it's about gaining this this sense that that perseverance that um just a, a, a lack of quit <laughs> you know if, if that's even the appropriate term uh you know, Those are the kind of things that, that propel you forward into whatever it is that you're gonna do next. So for me, it wasn't just that, oh, I feel so confident on this court because now I have all of those things. It's that no, I, I'm like a 10 year old that's twice as tall as any other 10 year old. And so I feel more confident because I have found this thing where this height that I feel insecure about every single day instead gives me an advantage. And I think there's a lot of those little things that especially in young girls who are told to slow down or sit down or be quiet find our advantages that being taller than everybody else even though it may make you feel insecure in a class photo it, it may be something that is advantageous on a basketball court or maybe being faster than everybody else or maybe even a tenacity that's frowned upon anywhere else is is suddenly smiled upon and, and seen as something that makes you perhaps even better because you found the right channel for it. So I, I think that, you know, it, it wasn't just that I started to feel comfortable because I'm tall and out of place everywhere else, except on this basketball court or this volleyball court or on this track or whatever it may be. It's that The sports that I was playing, the teams that I was on, the teammates I was surrounded by, the coaches that were investing in my life helped bring those things out of me that did not exist before.
0: Someone else that's an advocate for young girls playing sports and young women is Candace Parker. And you will be co-hosting a new podcast with her. (sighs) so cool. Already going to subscribe and it's not even out yet. (sighs) I know. (laughs) With all that you do, why take on something else?
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny because both Candice and I have laughed about that. Like, we're so excited about this new project. And it's like, well, so when are we going to oh. do this? <laughs> when are we going to be yeah, how do we pencil this in? But what's been an incredible thing is, first and foremost, our network has come behind us to give us the resources, the time to not only say, "Hey, here, take this added thing on," but to dedicate an actual day of the week to just doing this thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't even really know how much of it is public yet, so I'm just breaking news right now. Oh my gosh, an exclusive. I don't care, however, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think all that's been announced is that both Candace and I re-signed to the network and that we'll be working on a podcast project together. So anything I tell you on top of that, I think, is probably things that people don't know yet. But in the next week, or so, people are going to know them anyway. So we are flying up to New York, actually, uh, tomorrow, based on when people are listening to this podcast, this week, um, to shoot the promos for it, to, to start – taping segments um it's going to uh, debut uh the, the the monday or tuesday right after the nba's opening week so as soon as we launch this thing and announce the title then all of you people can go and subscribe and listen and like it and if you don't like it then just i don't need the feedback right now you know what i'm over it um, <laughs> however candace and i are so excited about this project and i don't think that i've been as excited about any personal project um really maybe since inside stuff with grant. Now that was, I mean, we started that now seven seasons ago, which is insane. It also means I'm getting old, but I don't think I've been this excited about a project since then because we're going to have so much creative freedom. We're going to have the opportunity um, to, to voice firsthand our own, you know, experiences and perspectives when it surrounds not only the NBA, but the bigger, you know, sports culture. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I could talk about it for, a while, but I'm kind of talking in circles because I still don't even know exactly what it's going to be yet, but I do know that it's all going to unfold over the course of about the next week.
0: But that's the most exciting part sort of, right? Like you do it and then you figure out what you
1: like or what you don't, or should we do this and that? And then it like gets the ball rolling. Yeah. That's what we've kind of talked about. and, And we've, put together like, we have this uh, amazing woman at work that's, that's been putting together, she's gonna be producing it, that, that's gonna be putting together, um, or has been putting together. So every time I get an email from Anne, our producer, it, it's like, okay, so what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? And as we're kind of going through it, we're, we're figuring out exactly what we want this project to be. And I know that it's gonna take a long time in the, I mean, you've now produced a lot of your own content that you know starts with this small idea and then turns into something else. I don't exactly know what it's going to turn into until you turn the microphones on and start talking. You figure out what works. You figure out what the audience wants to be involved in. You figure out which guests are going to grab headlines. And and, and then you kind of just go from there. And so it's all going. It's all happening. It's all starting. And I'm, I could not be more excited. If we had a, an official title for it, I would plug it so that I would tell people to go listen to it. But we still haven't decided on the final title. I think that we're there. I think we've, we've narrowed it down to two and I think that we're there, but we'll see. That was my next question. So yeah, I know. You knew where I was. You knew I'll let you know was. as soon as I know. not even. I don't know. It's that like, I have to actually make a decision here as does Candace. So we'll see.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Guys, you asked, For me and Kristen to spend some time talking about Britney Spears. (laughs) Ask and you shall receive. Coming up on the other side, we are playing a Britney Spears-inspired game. (sighs) Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Kristen, though. And we are playing an NBA Storylines game. inspired with Britney Spears
1: lyrics. I love this. I was born to play this game. I thought so, too. I'm good friends like that.
0: Okay, so what I'm going to do... Is I will give you a Britney lyric. Okay. And then you can give me whatever you think of NBA related. If it's like a team, a coach, some sort of instance. Might be kind of hard, but we'll see how it goes. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do a couple and then we'll see how I'm doing. Okay. So,
0: via oops, I did it again, Kristen. Here is your lyric line. I played with your heart, got lost in the game.
1: I think that that's... Probably Kevin Durant's love letter, or lack thereof, to the Knicks. <laughs> oh, my gosh! That was I mean, but think about the hope that Knicks fans had this time, just, I mean, not even a year ago, six months ago, thinking Zion's going to be our number one pick, Kyrie and Kevin are coming, they played with your heart, got lost in the game. Okay, I knew you were going to be good at this game <laughs> The only two things I love more than cats. So You're welcome. And there's <laughs> one in the background. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Via baby one more time. I must confess I still believe. Should I be singing these? No.
1: Maybe. Actually, no. yeah. It would really help me get in the proper mind frame. You think sing that? I must
0: confess I still believe. Still
1: believe. That was very good. I loved the background vocals as well. I must confess, I still believe in LeBron James. I do. LeBron and the Lakers, I don't yet think he's done. And I do think that he may have another MVP season, if not another championship season, in there. somewhere. Y'all heard
0: it here first.
1: I must confess, I still believe.
0: Okay. Be a crazy. You drive me crazy. I just can't sleep.
1: Oh, all of the West Coast games. Like, why do there have to be so many West Coast games when I live on the uh, important West Coast games, by the way? You drive me crazy. I can't sleep. I'm up until 3 in the morning. And then my mom's all, you know, why are you 30 and sleeping till noon on a Tuesday? It's like, well, were you not watching Clippers Blazers last night until 3 AM? No, Mom. Let's reflect on that. Right. Is this a conversation we need to have off the air? Probably.
0: (laughs) Okay, last one. Via work. (laughs) Favorite. Exactly. Don't stop now, just be the champion.
1: When you said that, my mind immediately went to the Clippers. However, I think I'm going to assign this lyric to the Philadelphia 76ers. I have a feeling about the roster they've assembled, and I think because they're kind of flying under the radar that they may surprise some people, not just in the Eastern Conference, but perhaps ultimately as champion. Oh my gosh, that would
0: be a plot twist, and I'm going to cut this clip. What? Yes, yeah. I got your back. I'll
1: post it. Come in. Come in. But then If they don't do it, then just like delete the footage.
0: Oh, yeah, I'll delete it. Don't worry.
1: I don't know what happened to it, it's weird. I thought she said it, maybe she didn't off
0: there, yeah. oh, the file is damaged. <laughs> yeah. You're all welcome for that edition of NBA Storylines with Brittany Lyric. I
1: love that, I could play that for an hour.
0: I know, it's really fun. <laughs> okay, one more break, and then Kristen's answering your questions. Don't go anywhere. Are you tired of looking for your phone, dropping it, or having to carry it around on your hand all the time? With Hobsey? You can wear your phone by a crossbody strap attached to the phone case. Hobzy makes practicality look good. Phone case necklaces have been a huge success in Europe and are finally available in the US. Visit www.hobzy.com and save 20% using the code LOCKED. That's www.hobzy.com and the code LOCKED to save 20% and see for yourself how a Hobzy phone case necklace will simplify your life. Just check where your phone is now. Are you carrying it in your hand? Is it lying around where you can't reach it? Or will you have to look for it later? Maybe it's lost in the depth of your bag somewhere. Wear your phone on you with a Hobzy phone case. Visit www.hoobsy.com and be quick to save 20% using the code LOCKED. By the way, Hobzy phone case necklaces are the perfect gift at an affordable price friends will love you for a super useful gift. Have your hands free, but be spontaneous to take pictures or make quick calls and never look for your phone again. Check out hoopsie.com for yourself or a great present to your friends. And remember, be quick and save 20% using the code locked at hoopsie.com. Thanks for sticking around. We're still here with Kristen Ludlow. She hasn't left yet and (laughs) she's now answering your questions. So I'm going to try this KG style. Kristen, Are you going to get a part in the new Space Jam movie?
1: Ooh, that's a great question, and one that I can legally not answer. I can neither confirm nor deny. I thought I would try. This
0: (laughs) is all of the
1: podcasts you've been doing lately. But I was like, you know what? Maybe some breaking news happened. (laughs) Maybe something crazy will happen. Maybe she'll have had a little bit of wine with breakfast and be feeling (laughs) frisky. I'm a journalist. Uh,
0: Okay, so, sorry, KG style, try, but we'll keep updated on Twitter.
1: I can appreciate that.
0: Thanks. Okay, up next is from MLB Larry. We kind of talked about this earlier, early on in your career, staying motivated, but he would like to know, how do you stay motivated now and set goals for yourself being on the biggest stage?
1: That's a great question because... I know I have told you, but I don't know if I've told an audience um, that this was my dream job. Like there's not (laughs) this right here. Had you described it to me 10 years ago, I would have thought, okay, I did it. That's all. And that's not to say that (laughs) I have some overly inflated view of myself. It's that I just thought that this right here would be it would be enough. And so one of the challenges now is to continue challenging myself, not to sit back and just do the job on a daily basis, because now I know how to do it. And now it comes second nature to me. And now I see it as mine. I want to continually challenge myself to be more creative, challenge myself to think outside of the box that I sometimes strap myself inside of, and challenge myself still to feel the weight of the position, to know that a yes to me being in this position meant that there were probably a lot of people who heard no. And so the challenge is to continually step into this position regularly with reverence and with a fresh perspective, which is what I'm trying to do in this new season. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about new projects. And, and And this is actually about to be my 10th year out of college, my 10th year pursuing this career, stepping into this industry. And I want to do so in a way that I haven't done before. So, It was a long and roundabout way of 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 simply answering a question by saying, "I I mean, it's the challenge now is to challenge myself."
0: Over those ten years, what's something you've maybe learned about
1: yourself that you didn't know? (sighs) Oh goodness! See, now you'll make me cry because as I start to reflect, I'm like, "Hang on, we talked about this." Why does everyone cry when they talk to me? it's, you know what, that's something you need to reflect on. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> as I reflect, um, I think I've found in the last 10 years, uh, confidence, I absolutely did not possess and assurance that has Grown over time and was not something I woke up with one day. And a voice that I think through different seasons, not just of basketball, but of life, I've been fearful of using. And now I'm so supremely aware that for this one season of my life, there are a lot of people listening to the things that I have to say, not just about basketball, but otherwise, and they are not going to be listening for good. And so I think in the last 10 years, if I were to describe where I was 10 years ago and where I am now, that I think is the most important part of me that I would absolutely not have expected to be. (laughs)
0: virtual hug. <laughs> you, I told you a minute to 30 seconds. Now you're gonna try to make me cry again. In there.
1: No. Okay.
0: I want to combine these two because okay. a couple people asked this question and they would like to know what does your pregame prep work look like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, because a lot of times the question is, what does a typical day look like in your job? And there's not really a typical day because there are different days, different assignments to prepare for. So my game day with TNT starts always with a 10 a.m. breakfast meeting, which it's free breakfast. So, you know. (laughs) I enjoy those meetings but our entire broadcast team as well as our entire production crew sits around over breakfast we bounce ideas off of each other we talk about some of the storylines and headlines heading into the game Um, and that's where we really flesh out just the top few minutes of the broadcast, because after that, the game dictates exactly what we're going to be doing. So that's where we pitch storylines. We pitch ideas um, in different directions that we can take the conversation. But ultimately, the game determines all of that. So my day starts with that 10 a.m. breakfast meeting. Uh, Usually I try to either A, get a workout in or B, get a nap in. Now, the day (laughs) determines one of those two things, usually like how well I slept the night before or how bumpy the flight was to get wherever I am. Um, But it's really important to me for some of the day, which usually I, I kind of block out about two hours after that meeting to just Not think about any of it, because if my mind is on the entirety of the day, starting at 10 a.m. for a game that's probably not tipping until eight or so local time, I'm going to overthink, I'm going to overprepare, I'm going to go into it uh, with too much, if that makes sense. And you never want to have too much, never want to have too little. But when I overthink, I always show up with too much. So for me, it's really important for right after that meeting to block out a couple of hours, whether I go take a walk, go get on a treadmill or simply take a nap to turn it all off. Then in the afternoon, I spend my time prepping my own storylines, usually my opening hit, because again, so much of what I do on the broadcast is dictated by the game itself. There's no way to prepare coaches' questions. There's no way to prepare a halftime update. There's no way to prepare a walk-off interview with one of the stars of the game, because all of that is going to be determined by the game itself. But I do go through and prepare storylines and then look for ways that I can can further them. And so one of the great things about having now done this job for years that apart from, you know, just getting older, is that you've also built a lot of relationships now at this point. So I know who to call in the afternoons, who to send a message to that I can say, so this is a story that people have been following leading up to this game, but I spoke to fill in the blank this afternoon. And so I spend a lot of my afternoons then just not only – preparing stories but furthering stories as well so that when i go into the game itself um you know i I, i'm ready with with something knowing that all of it could end up never making air solely because something happens in the game that is going to be worth talking about but we head over to the arena usually three or so hours early we also have uh, broadcast meetings with each of the head coaches so we'll sit down in each of the uh, coaches locker rooms get to talk through those storylines and headlines with them. We get injury updates. We have the opportunity then to not only sit down and talk to them, but then I'll go out uh, during warmups. Sometimes there's a last minute quote that I need to grab from somebody, or I need to just simply observe one of these players warming up to see how perhaps they're progressing through a rehab process or, 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 or there are a number of reasons to watch, you know, warmups. Perhaps it's a jump shot that everybody's had an eye on and wants to know if it's actually fixed or not. Won't name names, but I'm going to have one of those here in the next couple oh, of yeah. weeks. Yes. <laughs> I have one of those to keep an eye on here in the next couple of weeks. So so that's kind of what the, the day looks like. And then once tip-off rolls around, you know, the, the game takes it from there.
0: Okay. So I know that you can't prepare for like in-game interviews with coaches right. and players, but you have said that you feel like that part comes so natural to you. <laughs> I think that that is.
1: You know, you have played the game for most of your life also. It's a language that you speak, you know, and I don't feel that way watching every sporting event. By no means do I sit down on a Saturday and watch a college football game and feel as though it comes as natural to me as watching a basketball game does because I, I, I played it for so many years. It's like a it's, it's, uh, something that I, I, that's the best way to put it. It's a language that I speak the same way that you do, you know, the same way that our entire crew of broadcasters at our network does. So it comes naturally to me, not necessarily being on TV or thinking about millions of people watching or, or navigating an arena in very uncomfortable shoes. None of that comes natural, not to anybody, but Knowing where to direct the conversation in that moment comes naturally solely because I'm watching the game and I know what's happened, what's perhaps coming next, and what the fan wants to know in that moment. And I don't get it right every single time by any means, but I try and watch these games you know, as a fan, and think, if I'm at home watching, what do I want to know from that coach in that moment? You know, I don't want to ever look, overlook the obvious question, because I want to just watch it as a fan, watch it as the language I speak, watch, I mean, it's basketball, it's not rocket science, so it's not that hard. <laughs>
0: right? We can blame those West Coast games for the days you nap and
1: don't, gym. That's a great point by you. You're welcome. You, you know what? You're welcome. So then it's more like, I'm blaming the stresses of my job, not necessarily that I stayed up until three <laughs> in the morning watching The Office again. And now it's like, <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <better>. Come on, <laughs> you're better than that. No.
0: <laughs> okay, last question. So we'll basketball preview, cause we've got
1: NBA opening week. Yes. I- what? I have not seen my basketball is my favorite season.
0: It's mine too, we have so much in common. I know.
1: (laughs) Okay, expectations and thoughts on the Mavs this season. On the Mavs this season. Okay, was this a fan question? I always like to know this. It's a fan question. Okay, Okay, I always like to know this because depending on the region in which I'm doing radio interviews (laughs) or the fan that asked, I always try and think of it as a fan. Okay, so a Mavs fan has asked me this question which is important as far as the answer goes. I think that if Luka Doncic can somehow improve upon an incredible rookie season and have a sophomore showing that – doesn't feature the number of slumps we've seen many sophomores feature, uh, solely because the entirety of the NBA figures out a rookie's game at a certain point. If we can see Luka Doncic return to form, and if we can see Kristaps Porzingis return to the all-star caliber player that he once was, I think the Mavs have set themselves up to be in position to contend in the Western Conference playoff race for the next couple of seasons. The problem is... <laughs> The Western Conference right now is a gauntlet. So it's tough to say where they will be at the end of the season. I think that they'll be improved over last season and next season they'll be improved over this one. But when you start naming Western Conference teams that are going to make the playoffs, you've named 10 before you even realize any single one of those teams could win the West and I wouldn't be surprised. And unfortunately, I would be very surprised if the Mavs won the West this season.
0: Do you think any time in the near future we will see the Eastern Conference as
1: competitive as the West is? Yeah, you know, the NBA goes through, I mean, I keep saying the word seasons, and I don't just mean basketball seasons. I think you're following me with this. It goes through cycles. You know, for so long, for the last five years, how many casual fans have we heard complain about? Well, the Warriors are going to win it at the end of the season anyway, so what's the point in watching the season? The NBA has been built on dynasties. It's been built by Michael Jordan and the Bulls. It's been built by the Lakers over season after season after season. It's been built by the Boston Celtics. It's been built teams that you knew at the end of it would probably be one of the two last teams standing and still you watched. Still the NBA grew to what it's become today. So I don't think that it's a problem that the Western Conference right now is such a gauntlet or that the expectation is that the winner is going to come out of the Western Conference because I think that naturally over time those things start to shift. Even in this offseason we saw some moves that say perhaps this is shifting. You know we saw in my humble opinion, the best player in the Western Conference over the last several seasons, and Kevin Durant, now choose to play in the Eastern Conference. Kyrie Irving then joining him, which means if those two return healthy with the team that they had already assembled, that there you go. There's there's another power in alongside. The, the Philadelphia 76ers, whom I already named, I think could be championship contenders. So I think that we can't get too caught up in who's too good right now or what a problem it is that these dynasties form and then it takes years to break up because naturally over time, the landscape of the NBA is going to shift.
0: Well, uh, who's excited to see Kristen on their TV every week? <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you for so being much. on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. You have done such an incredible job over the last more than a year now that I've known you and it has been such a privilege to watch and also happy anniversary. Happy
0: anniversary. Was, we'll talk about yes. it later. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in this week to How She Did It. For Kristen Lovell, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time.